There are no rules. No rules. You're listening to Degree Free on the Degree Free Network, where we talk about how to teach yourself, get work, and make money. No degree needed. Here are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. Aloha, guys, and welcome back to Degree Free. We are your hosts, Ryan and Hannah Maruyama. On this podcast, we share fundamentals we've discovered and the mistakes we've made while self-educating, getting work, building businesses, and making money. We'll tell you how to make it happen. No degree needed. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. If you haven't already, like and subscribe because you do not want to miss this. Uh, If you are listening or watching and you got something useful out of a past episode and you want to know how to move forward and what to do, you can pick up our guide, which is how to get a job without a college degree. It is on our website, which is degreefreenetwork.com. And then, like I said, thanks again for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. Yeah. Um, And let's get into today's episode. So today we are going to be talking about why you should get a sales job. Now, this is super subjective and this is just our opinion. We believe that when Hannah and I, when we learn sales, it changed our life. Yeah, it really did. And since then, there was a clear moment when I learned how to sell to like positive outcomes for the trajectory of our life as far as career and money and all that stuff goes. Well, we were entrepreneurs before we learned how to sell things. Yes. And I will say, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you should know how to sell things before you become an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because otherwise you'd just look like an it idiot. It seems like that's, <laughs> that is uh, a very crucial skill. Who knew that you needed to sell stuff in to o- make a business work? In order for a business to make money, they first have to sell things. <laughs> Wish somebody had told us that. Right. And so, like I said, this is a very subjective um, episode, but we do believe that getting some sort of sales background, whatever it is, is really beneficial in pretty much every aspect of life. You know, every company needs sales. And now that's for-profit companies and non-profit companies. A lot of people think Oh, well, I'm gonna, I don't really like to do sales. Like sales. A lot of people think sales is a dirty word. And I did for a long time as well. And so they're just like, ah, you know, I don't really like the sales aspect of it. You know, I'm just going to go work for a nonprofit. Yeah. People picture, and I've said this before on this show, but people picture when someone says sales, if you close your eyes, what do you picture? Because I'm, I'm willing to bet if you're in our age range, you're picturing Danny DeVito from Matilda, the dad who's the used car salesman. And how he's so shifty and putting sawdust in the carburetor or whatever whatever he does to sell the cars, right? But sales is actually a service. It's I don't remember that. The car dust in the carburetor? Yeah, he puts sawdust in I just remember when he, he hooked up the odometer to the drill and he put it on reverse. Oh, that's a good and one. And it made the mechanical odometer- Run down. Go backwards. That's hilarious. But that's what people picture. Yeah. They picture used car salesmen specifically from like the 1960s and 70s. Like when, you, even me, and, and, and I have this, I share the same opinion that you do of sales, but I think when people close their eyes, they picture some guy with like greasy, slicked back hair and a weird mustache that's doing shifty things to sell used cars, but that's like not at all accurate. Sales makes the world go round. 
used cars or door-to-door sales. Yeah, like vacuum cleaner vacuum salesmen. Vacuum cleaners, right, exactly. Uh, Bible Bible salesmen or Bible whatever. Bible sales or yeah. like a home cleaning product sales. Um, the guys that go door-to-door See? to do the- 1960s, 1970s. To do like, there's like refrigerated trucks that sell meat. You know what I mean? Oh, like the Schwann men? Do you remember <clears> the- sh- do you remember sure. the, oh, it's like a yellow truck and they drive around and they sell frozen food. Used to be a really big deal. Oh, no. I'm talking about the, like, nowadays. Oh. Um, there's still, like, there's companies that go around that uh, sell crap, you know, hmm. in refrigerated trucks. Interesting. Yeah. But that's not the only picture of sales, right? And so it's easy for us to think about, it's easy for us to imagine what sales looks like in a for-profit company. But let's talk about sales in the non-profit companies first. Um, and just to, just to make it clear for everyone that sales makes the world go round. I mean, it does. And sales in a non-profit company can look something like asking donors for money, right? I mean... In which case you're selling you're selling the work that the nonprofit does. Exactly. You're selling the work. So there are a bunch of nonprofits that it's in their name. They they don't make profit. But how do they make their money? If you're not if you're not like a goodwill or uh where well, you good ha- goodwill's not a nonprofit. Oh, really? Yeah, Goodwill is a for-profit company. It does extremely well. I didn't know that. People hate on Goodwill because it's not a nonprofit. I didn't know that. But in fact, it's much it performs it's one of the most widespread do-gooder companies because it runs for profit. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. They have a nonprofit side, but it's a for-profit company. They're very profitable. So the arm that gets people jobs, that's for profit? No, that's nonprofit. That's a nonprofit side. Correct. But the stores themselves are for profit. Which is why they've done so well. Right. They have more reach than any nonprofit that that does anything similar. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a hybrid. It's mm-hmm. a hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because what I was about to say was that like the if you're not like that, well, a good example is like Salvation Army. Then. Yeah, Salvation Army is a is a nonprofit. Salvation Army, similar business model, I guess, except completely different now that they're for profit and nonprofit. But if you're not like that, where you have a retail arm to it where you're making money to fund your good works and your good deeds or your nonprofit nature, then you're going to need people to donate money. Yeah. Then, and the way that you get people to donate money is what do you have? What do you, what do you have on staff? Salespeople. Right. And it, you know, they're not outcomes. They're not, they're not called salespeople, though. They're called fundraisers. They're called or develop- fundraisers. Development. Developers. There's code words, people. Whatever it is. And whatever, however you want to, you know, however you want to paint this picture, sales is sales, right? It's their job to sell the mission of what they're doing for money. Yeah. It's funny how uh, I was talking to somebody who was like, oh, yeah, like, I just want to work for, uh, you know, like a a nonprofit. I'm like, it's still this person was saying that from from a perspective of they they were looking at money as a bad thing. They were looking at business as a negative thing, which I thought was so funny because I'm like, you realize that a nonprofit is a business. It is. It is. That's how it works. And money comes in. And then money goes out. It's the same. It's the same thing. And it's the. It's just the funniest thing that uh, people don't understand that. 
you know, even people that want to work in those industries. It's a business disguised as a nonprofit, but it still has the same goal, which is to make money. That's what they, they, they share the exact same goal. And without money, they can't operate. Right, and the the irony being that the only way that they can the only way that they can receive um, that type of status is because there are companies who make enough money that they're that they they pay enough in taxes that there's enough room to give those nonprofits a tax exempt status. So I kind of wanted to tell a story about that whole nonprofit, um, not knowing sales or not knowing that nonprofits have sales arms. It's interesting because we there's this person in our life that works for a university and it was their job to travel around the country and go to different high schools, give a presentation to a bunch of uh, college or high school rather, seniors and juniors. And basically tell them about all the amenities and all the, all the fields of study that they could go into and all the different benefits of going to their university is and are. And what was interesting is when I met this person, I asked them what they did and they're like, Oh, you know, I, um, go around. What, what was their title? College recruiter. College recruiter. And they told me, oh, I meet with the, we meet, I meet with the parents. Um, I show them how they could get a a little bit of aid for their students. And I, and I, I tell the students all about, about the college and I get them excited to go there. And I was like, and so this is my first time I'm meeting this person and I'm just like, oh, you're in sales. Like right on. That's awesome. And I'll say again, this is a very well-intentioned, kind person. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, you're you, like you're in sales. That's that's great. Like, how is that? And I didn't mean it as a, a no. There's no. I didn't mean any offense or anything to it. This is the first time that I'm meeting this person. I'm just like, oh, you're in sales. Like, that's awesome. Right on. How is that? And this person was like, oh, well, I'm not really in sales. And I was like, I don't know. It seems like it seems like what you're doing is that you're telling them the benefits of something and what it could do for them. And here's what you get. And then you're putting a price tag on it and then you're signing them up. And I was like, in my mind, I didn't say any of this, but in my mind, I was like, that's sales. Not only is that sales, it's high dollar sales. It's like, it sounded like a timeshare presentation when this person was explaining it. I was uh, like, oh, you're, you're like, actually, you're selling to the kid and the parents are there and you're trying to like leverage the kid's emotions to get the parents to like to go ahead and submit to get in. I was like, this is advanced sales. Super actually. advanced sales. It's like it's literally depending on where you live, depending on where you live in the country and depending on how much your house is, it, it could literally be the largest purchase that you ever make in your life. Yeah. Ferrari salesmen, yacht salesmen, real estate agents, and you. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and that's awesome. I, I was, I was happy for her. It's a good job. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting work. Like, tell me about it. And she was just a little bit put off about the fact that I called it sales, when in fact, it is sales. Because sales is a dirty word, even if you're doing it. Right, and it was just, it was just an interesting, and that's just all on the side to highlight to everybody that like. Sales makes the world go round, mm-hmm. and it's not 
It's not a dirty word. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, people, you have to buy and sell things to live your life in the economy that we have today. I've discovered though that people, it's funny because a lot of people will call out people who they perceive to be selling them something when that person is openly selling, but they will not do the same thing to somebody who is covertly selling to them in that same way. Like as long as it's, as long as it's cloaked in something else, as long as there's enough marketing about the sales to make them think that it's not sales, they're fine with it. But if somebody is just like, Hey, I want to sell you this thing. It's like, (gasps) it's just a strange, it's just a strange disconnect for people. But I, but I see that, I see that a lot, especially on TikTok. I see it all the time. It's Mm -hmm. strange. I think one of the things about going into sales that really helps, especially if you don't know much about quote unquote business is sales gets you on the revenue generating side. Sales gets you on the part of the side of the company where you're bringing money in. Mm-hmm. And that's just good to see. And it's good for somebody that doesn't have any quote unquote business experience because then you can see, okay, this is how this company that I'm working for makes money. And then you break it down, you learn the, you learn the sales process, you learn what it is that you need to know about that company and about their products and their services, and then you sell that. But it will give you a discerning eye of other companies and of other companies and how they make money. Mm-hmm. And it could be, depending on how far you go, you could be learning business to consumer sales. So that's like, uh, like a grocery store you know, or like Nike Direct, right? Like if you're buying- you probably heard the abbreviation, which is B2C. Yeah. You could be doing that and learn that side of the business. But once you learn that and you've seen, okay, this is how this company makes revenue. If you look at a business to business, which is completely different, but if you look at a business to business, business model and a business, you're probably going to be able to discern a lot quicker how that company makes money. And- from a job perspective that can help you analyze how you can fit in to their structure more readily and how you can help to make more sales because you your goal should be to make the company money right exactly or to save them money it's one of the two right so if you can sell you'll never really be out of work yeah ever i mean even if you don't want to sell even if you don't want to be a salesperson, you know, you can leverage those skills in finding another job and communicating with other people. But worse comes to worse, if you have the skill of sales, you'll be always be able to fall back on it. Yep. Because you can sell anything. You can sell anything. Definitely. And I say that with confidence because after I learned how to sell, I went on to sell different things, mm-hmm. right? And there's a there's a sales process that maybe in a different episode that we, we can go over. Yeah, we probably should. Or at least, yeah, at least at least what I what I've learned. And there's there's a hundred, a thousand, a million ways to skin a cat, and everybody's approach is different. But generally speaking, there's X amount of steps to get from you know lead to sale, and. The way that I came about sales was very unique, I felt, in that I started with, it was actually marketing, 
So you guys have probably seen, if you guys go to the tourist destinations and stuff and you see people heckling you out on the streets to give you a bunch of free things to go to a presentation of some sort, think timeshare. That's what I did. That's how I learned it. And I, I was doing this where I was stopping people cold in the street and basically convincing them to go to a two-hour presentation to buy a timeshare-like thing for vacation. And it was interesting because that has a very short sales cycle, right? There's however many steps you want to say, seven steps of the sale. And I had to get through all seven points within, I don't know, 20 minutes, right? Within half an hour. I had to boom, 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 boom. Quick pitch. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to stop them, you know, whatever. Uh, We can go over it at another, at another point. Basically, he's cold stopping people on the street and within a few minutes, he's trying to pull a $20 bill from them to secure their attendance at a presentation that will sell them something else the next day. That is a very difficult task. For those of you who have never done this, that is a, that is hardcore. Uh, is pulling strangers off the street and getting them to give you 20 bucks. Like that's the best way to explain it because imagine the difficulty of getting someone to to trust you within within that amount of time with a physical $20 bill. That's wild. Yeah, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. But after I learned that, I was, even though that that sales cycle was so condensed because for a lot of people, I wouldn't even get past the stop. What I mean by that is I literally wouldn't be able to get them to stop. They would just walk right past you. <laughs> like, it's a lot of rejection. Yeah. Sir, ma'am. Okay, whatever. All right. Next one. Next. Sir, ma'am. Can I talk? Oh, okay. Never mind. Next one. Sir, do you believe in the Easter Bunny? Okay. I got to stop. But that guy, but that's irrelevant because he was just wondering what the heck am I talking about? Ah, oh, Gators fan. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing? What are you <laughs> what doing? Are you- what are you doing in Florida? You're not old enough to be in God's waiting room. <laughs> You can tell the demographic of the people that you're talking to by these yeah. <laughs> by these stop well, the, lines. Yeah, yeah, there was there was guidelines of the people that I need. It's timeshare clients. It's the same people. It's a little crossover with the product that he was selling, which is uh, which is sim- it's similar. It's a compliment for for those interesting interesting industry though. I will say people that work in timeshare, man, and I've said it before, but there's just hardcore people that work in that industry. Yeah. It is it is. Sharks. Those are sharks, bro. <laughs> They're sharks. Those are sharks. <laughs> like if anybody's looking, if you if you need good salespeople, just go poach time sa- people that sell timeshare. They're ruthless. Yeah, those are sharks. Yeah. So after learning that, even though the cycles are so condensed, you know, like I said, 20, 30 minutes, I got the basics down so that I could sell other things, right? So now I transitioned out of that and now I can sell you know, in another life, I used to be a handyman, you know, and now I can sell handyman jobs, right? And you and well, I- Well, you, you have. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You and I, we own a business where we do high dollar sales um, at, at our studio. Mm-hmm. And I, all of that sales process came from us learning sales. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it was just that those same seven steps were much longer. Mm-hmm. They were much longer, but they're the same. The life cycle of these clients 
or rather the customer journey of these clients from lead to sale was measured in weeks and months mm-hmm. instead of minutes, yeah. seconds, right? But as soon as I learned that, it's applicable It's applicable everywhere. It's universal, man. It's sales, sales is universal. Right. And so that's all to say that I know not everybody wants to be a salesman. Not everybody wants to go into sales. But if you learn it, you know that you will never be without work. We're, every company needs good salespeople. And if they can't find good salespeople, they'll take crappy salespeople. Also, I think that... Uh, there's a lot of people who sell things now who do not even realize that they're salespeople. Yeah. Um, so, do you have an example? Um, yeah. So I think even even people that work at restaurants. I was just about to say like, that. Because we were in sales for years. Every time the every time every time the manager of the bar said, We have an overstock of like pepper, buttermint, schnapps, like do something with that. Okay, well, I got six bottles of this I have to sell. So you make a cocktail and then every person that comes in, you try to sell them this stupid drink that you just made up. And that is sales because that person did not come in there wanting whatever stupid cocktail you made up, but they're going to leave having bought one to two and that's sales. Or even like, or even- um, Appetizers. Appetizers, upselling appetizers or upselling dessert. Dessert, yeah. You know, upselling, upselling coffee drinks. Yeah, coffee drinks, upselling the like, oh, can I get a can I get a whiskey on the rocks? Like, oh, what like would you like a maker's do wanna, mark? Do you want a double? Yeah, right. Do you want a double or would you rather have a premium uh you know, premium shelf liquor instead? Instead of just a regular whiskey, instead of just going for the well. You know what I mean? Instead of going for the five dollar well, how about you hit them for the eleven dollar premium? So in Dismissed by Degrees, which is that study that Harvard did about the crossover skills that people have, um, it's estimated that people that work in the service industry have most of the skills that college graduates have as far as that goes. And I think that the main reason for that, the main interpersonal soft skills that they have are sales. They do it all the time and they don't even realize it. There's a lot of people that would be shocked to realize that they're salespeople, but they are. That's exactly what they are. They're selling the experience. They're selling the restaurant. They're selling themselves to get a good tip. Like everything, everything about that you know you're marketing yourself and 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 so if you are in the service industry you are uniquely positioned to one have the skill already and to hone it because you can you can make incremental steps to improve at it to the point where you can apply for a sales job that's maybe a bit of a reach for you but you know if you just make an effort to like upsell and to and to practice this in your daily job you can explain that to somebody who you might want to hire you for a higher paying sales job and then I have here too, <laughs> if you can sell a wrench, you can sell a ball, which is kind of what you were talking about. And if you can sell, if you can upsell a drink, you can, you can upsell, I don't know, uh, uh, instead of a two week window cleaning contract, you can upsell a three week window cleaning contract. It's all, it's all similar. It's all similar. It's just a little bit different. It's just different stakes, you know, and your sales, your, your client, your end customer might be different. But at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is in, the, in, that, in that case, you're trying to get someone to buy a little bit more of what they're already interested in buying. Right. And for a lot of people, you do that already in your job. Even if you like work at Target or Walmart, they, they do that, too, to an extent. That's that's absolutely with people with cashiers, you know, like, oh, you want to buy this? You want to buy that? If they're if they're consistent about following up with that, they can increase sales. And I think like the last thing is that sales, we kind of touched on it, but it helps you in everything. Yeah. And I didn't understand this until I learned it. It literally helps you in everything. It helps you 
in your jobs, obviously it helps you. But even if you're not, even if you're not in sales directly, it helps you negotiate a better salary because that's sales. It helps you deal with clients better, even if it, even if you're not actually selling. And what, um, one of the things that I find, and we see this all the time, I think you see it in your job is that like a lot of people think that the sale ends when money has exchanged hands. And you and I know this to a T because we run a services-based business and- You're never done selling. We're never done selling ever, you know? And every time that we speak to the client, we're selling. Right. If it's just, if it's just, hey- You're back selling the result. Exactly. You're future selling uh, another product. Right. You're, you're future selling yourself as a trustworthy person who mm-hmm. they've done business with, who they can continue to trust. If they have another problem, they can come to you. And it's just something that has to be done because people are sold things. That's how, that's how the world, that's how the world works. Yeah. And the sales cycle doesn't end right when you get the money. A lot of also in that it helps everything else. A little side note. One of the things that sales teaches you to do is to teach you how to set expectations. Mm-hmm. You and I talk about this a lot and we have to talk about this a lot because of our business yep. and we found that a bad outcome is only a bad outcome because there's a disconnect between the expectations that you set with the client and what you delivered. And that's where the ethics of sales comes in too, which is if you don't want to get a bad outcome, don't sell to someone who shouldn't buy from you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's a little different than what we're talking about. But yeah, I think that it, so in order to put that in perspective, it's like, if this client wants, you know, whatever, two widgets delivered in a week. Widgets. And you're like, you really want the job because you're because you are low on jobs and you haven't been selling a lot of widgets, but you can make the widgets, but you can only make one widget in a week. What is a widget? It's like a XYZ thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like a... Oh. Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> and so you can only make one widget within a week. Like, okay, don't just take the job and then say deliver deliver one widget in a week when you knew that you wouldn't be able to deliver two right at that point you say look look here sir um you know i love i would love to get this contract from you we can absolutely deliver two widgets i'm gonna need two weeks to deliver the widgets i can deliver one to you in six days if maybe you can maybe you can do it a little bit earlier maybe you can't it's okay so I can deliver one in seven days and then I can deliver the next one two weeks after that, right? And that person, it, it might not work for them. It might work for them. I'm not sure. But you're definitely going to have a bad outcome if you say, just say yes to it and then you don't deliver, right? And that's that's all setting expectations. And it's that- also just ethics and honesty. And that's that's why I think a lot of people have... Um, a bad taste in their mouth about salespeople is because as with all things, as with all jobs, right? Sometimes you're going to get people to do a good job and sometimes you're going to get people to do a bad job. Salespeople who did not set expectations correctly are not good salespeople. 
because what they're doing is they're selling something that they cannot deliver, which means they're not being honest salespeople. Yep, definitely. But good salespeople say, this is what I can do for you. This is when I can do it. And this is how I can do it for you. And for people who need to buy things or want to buy things, that is a fantastic service. And it is a service. Yeah. And I think that that is... Hannah and I talk about this all the time. You and I talk about this all the time. Yeah. I, setting expectations. And you and I, we set expectations constantly for ourselves and our own personal life, mm-hmm. um, for our clients, for the people that we manage. Yep. F- for every everything. So, somehow I manage. Yeah, somehow I manage, yeah. We're, that's, all, that's, that's all we do. Yeah. We set expectations. But that's all part of the sales process. And so I think that that rolls nicely into the last thing I was going to talk about with it helping with everything, which is sales can help you in interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. right? Is just understanding what you want, what I want and how to get you to see my side and how you can have me see your side, how to set expectations correctly I have a good example of this actually. Um, and I was thinking about this because uh, because of some videos I had seen, but uh, when we first went out, um, and I see this a lot now because um, I'm, on, I'm on TikTok, so I see the younger dating drama, and I see, I see what I see a lot is mismatched expectations. I see that a lot in the, from, from what I can see. That seems to me to be one of the biggest problems with people that are dating right now is that there are just completely mismatched expectations. Like this person's saying that they want this thing and this person's like, yeah, okay, but they don't actually say what they want, right? So in the end, they're not on the, they're both being bad salespeople, right? Um, but when we first met, uh, when we first went out, we were both very clear about what we wanted out of it at the beginning. And so for us, there was never really mismatched expectations because from the get-go, like, this is what I'm looking for. Are, can you deliver this? And then we both agreed. And so I think that that's actually something that a lot of people could benefit from now in, in like you said, interpersonal relationships, but that's a huge thing. Yeah. And, a lo- and with that comes communication though, and then the continued communication as well. And this is both in sales and obviously in interpersonal relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Because just because you set expectations one time doesn't mean you, like, you're done. Set expectations one right. time does not a good salesman make. Right. So, like, if you if you are trying to, if you have a long project, and this project is three, four, five months, years, you know, you can't just set the ex- expectations with the client one time. No. Right. You have to continue. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with a relationship. Same thing with a relationship. Yeah, you have to continually, and that's why that's why Hannah and I preach when we're when we're talking to each other that the sales process never ends. Mm -hmm. Right. That that's that's our internal dialogue that you and I have. Communication never ends. Right, because communication never ends, and sales is communication. Yeah. Um. And so, if it's years long project, you have to consistently set expectations. Especially if the client's like, well, can you add this feature or can you build this wing instead? Or can we have this look like this? Or I want it to be, I want it to feel like this. Exactly. And it's like, okay, that's not what we talked about. Maybe. I might be able to do that, but here's what you're going to have to give up. Right. Right. And as long as, 
as long as you're clear with your communication, that person is probably going to be fine. Mm-hmm. That person's probably going to be fine. They're probably not going to be like, wow, that was so crappy. Mm-hmm. All right. It's, it's the breakdown in communication that really says that this is a bad sales experience. Yeah. The last thing, I promise this might be the last thing All right. that I want to talk about is money because we never thought we never talked about that yet we did not and so just quickly with sales generally speaking sales especially if you don't have any experience this is going to be one of the quickest ways to make the most amount of money yep with the quote-unquote least amount of skills and the least amount of hard skills mm-hmm. right because sales in and of itself is extremely nuanced. There are no rules about sales, though. Like, if you are effective at doing whatever you're selling to whoever you're selling to, you don't have to check each box. If what you're doing works, they will, most companies will not question what you're doing. So, with the pay, a lot of times you can get a sales job that pays nothing. But if you can sell, if they put leads in front of you or if you garner your own leads, depending on what you're selling, whether or not you're selling uh, real estate, insurance, cars, timeshares, um, jet engines, you know, you name uh, pest control services, you name it, you can garner a large book of business really quickly if you work at it and you can start making a good amount of money if you commit to learning the sales process and you commit to learning your industry and how the customers go through the customer journey in your industry and where you can solve their pain points. If you can master those things quickly, you can make a lot of money Mm -hmm. really quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in sales roles, salespeople get paid more than managers do. If you're really good, then yeah. (laughs) If the sales manager is doing their job, then yeah. Right. Your salespeople should be out earning you. And a lot of the reason why is because the salespeople, there would not be a company without the sales. Right. One of the things that we've also talked about before is that, you know, when positioning yourself, if you're trying to make yourself indispensable in a company, one of the best ways to do that is to work on the sales side of the business. Make money for the company. And then why would they cut you if you're making money? It becomes much more difficult to cut you if you're, if you're earning the money. Right as you're last on the block instead of first opposed to if you're working in-house accounting accounting in-house hr in-house legal counsel assistant maintenance admin roles yeah those types of things where you're just a cost center where you're just costing the company money it's not saying that people that do those jobs aren't valuable to a company it's just in a dollars and cents way the first ones they're going to cut are going to be the people that don't bring in any money. In a downturn, they're going to cut the, those first. This episode kind of went all over the place, so I apologize about that, guys. We tried to keep it as coherent as possible. But in sales, we think it makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want to do sales as a career, even if you don't want to have the title of sales manager or sales director or salesperson definitely think it makes sense regardless of whether or not you're working for a for-profit company or a non-profit company at some point in your career to learn how to sell mm-hmm. right 
um, the best way to learn how to sell is get a sales job. Yep. I mean, you can read all the books. You can read all the books. And you should, if you can. Right. But nothing beats it. Nothing is going to beat the experience that you get when you're selling. No, because you don't need, there are people that are really successful salespeople that are not, that are not, they've never picked up a sales book in their life. They just, they just have an instinct for it. They just have practice at it. They have hours, they have reps and reps, reps matter more. Reps matter more than books if the reps are getting results. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, people, that is all for today. Thank you so much for watching. Please like and subscribe so you don't miss any of this action. And then if you found some of this actionable or you want to know how to get a sales job without a degree, then please do check out our website, which is degreefreenetwork.com. We have a guide on there you folks can grab that will teach you how to go about looking for, applying for, prepping for, getting jobs without college degrees. All right, guys. Well, you kind of already know what I'm going to ask. I have two asks. If you guys wanted to get in touch please consider leaving us an email at contact at degreefreenetwork.com. Your notes are always nice. If you have any questions, maybe we can answer on the podcast. If you guys want to help out the podcast, one of the best things that you can do is, as Hannah said, like and subscribe. Not a lot of people know that we are also on YouTube. If you guys would rather watch while you guys are doing your computer work or anything like that, you definitely can. Like and subscribe there. For the podcast listeners, if you guys could go ahead and leave us a five-star review, we hope we deserve five stars. Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcast that really helps to get people to learn more about what we do and about our message here. Um, but that's it. Until next time, guys. Aloha.